0: So there's a quote that I really like, and it says, it's by Reid Hoffman. It says, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you've launched too late. Hey,
1: pronounces, Welcome back to the Printavo Pronossers podcast. Excited that you are here. Excited, Mr. Steven Farrick. You are here. Um, we've got a fun episode. We've got a friend of the podcast, Mr. Justin Lawrence, back always such great chats when we have them on I feel like I need a fire behind us and a book and um some some leather chairs
0: yeah it's always a good time to hear Justin and how candid he is and open he is a, 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 about um you know his trials tribulations everything he's gone through in business mistakes he's made successes failures um you're gonna hear a, a pretty cool real episode and I think what's pretty cool is me Bruce and Justin you know we text all the time about business and stuff so this is kind of Opening up the conversations we have, and hopefully, uh, hopefully find them useful. Um, we got some sponsors, though.
1: Yeah. All right. Listen up, everybody. Supacolor has created their brand new transfer. This is the next gen transfer that's easier to use and easier to peel. The world's best heat transfer just got that much better. We recently had Mike and Rum on the show. You may have remembered that episode. And they were talking about how this transfer was tested in so many different types of heat presses in their shop. They just had them lined up and were going through to make sure they worked on the different variants of machinery out there. So it's easier to peel, it's easier to use, which gives you more confidence. That way you can decorate faster, and we know time is money. Make sure you use Printavo 1-5 to get 15% off your first order. Give it a try. Super fast, super easy. Thanks, Supercolor.
0: All right, Graphic Source. Uh, if you need a solution to improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department, go to 1900hotstuff.com. Um, there you'll find Graphic Source, uh, Lucas, Nick, Brent. They offer industry-leading outsource options for your shop by truly becoming a part of your team. Um, you'll get nice calls every so often from Nick, just complimenting you on your day. And uh, just spent the weekend with uh, with Nick in Chicago. Um, they really become a part of your team. And when it comes to Seps, mocks, creative art, order management, embroidery, digitizing, back office. And customer service. There's no better in. There's no better company in our industry to work with. Hit them up, Graphicsource.com, for all your art staffing needs. They've got hundreds of shops, um, that uh, hundred printavo shops that use uh, Graphics and we at Campus Inc. have three artists um, and back office admin on our team. So fifty percent off your first vector set or embroidery order. Thanks so much, Graphicsource.
1: Steven, what shouldn't you be doing all day?
0: Uh, cleaning dirty screens, Bruce. You know, that's right. (laughs) What shouldn't you ever be doing? (laughs)
1: Um, Coding, um, doing anybody's job, a lot of things. Easyway's line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and they're going to cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. Campusing's favorite Easyway chemicals 701, 842. To, that he uses to help clean his dirty screens, Easy Way. Um, they work with about a hundred plus distributors out there. But the really great thing is, you know, they're there to help get the job done. From how-to's, best practices, and questions, Easy Way is there. Give them a go. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys.
0: All right, MultiCraft underscore Daddy, you want to pay attention to this because we're switching this up a little bit. Um, our number one fan, Multicraft underscore daddy, heard that we wanted to give away some supplies. Bruce, have I told you we're doing this? Surprise. Uh,
1: there's a text. There's no notes in here. So you're We're um,
0: sweetening it up. So Dave Eggers and the PMI t- tape team are giving away one free case of PMI tape. Um, and it's Multicraft daddy branded. And so we use Multicraft for all of our supplies. Um, this is for new customers only. So if you follow Dave Eggers on Instagram, Multicraft underscore daddy, DM him um, and he will pick a winner. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, follow PMI Tape, leave a nice comment. A case of PMI tapes like three, four hundred bucks. So like this is an awesome, awesome giveaway and uh, you can go do it right away. And uh, yeah, there we go. Thanks so much, PMI Tape and Multicraft. All
1: right. Let's jump into the episode.
0: So, Justin, every time you go into Home Depot, what's your average bill? Oh, you do not go to
2: Home Depot or Lowe's without spending at least $100 every time. Oh, I feel like that's low. Bruce? Well, sure. But I don't like... what do you, It depends what you're going for. I mean, if we we buy all of our building materials, like, come on, man. Do you go buy blanks at Hobby Lobby or at Walmart? No, dog. Like, during <laughs> in construction, we have suppliers. So we go buy wood. We got an electrical wholesale account. We've got a plumbing wholesale account. We've got a like wood yard, lumber yard wholesale account. You go get a wholesale account. We got disc golf wholesale accounts. We don't pay full price for anything, man.
1: Oh, hi, Steven. Are you at Home Depot with me?
0: Uh, <laughs> I might still be at Home Depot or Hobby Lobby on a Friday <laughs> when uh, you've got an order due and the shirts didn't come yes. in. I've been there. Um,
1: when we when we were printing on the little manual back in college, um, o- only ordered one 2XL. Order is due next morning, get it in, start printing. It's like 1 a.m. Um, the, the shirt gets stuck. You know, it didn't fold it right into the little buddy or whatever. And it just starts burning. And um, yeah, found out every Hobby Lobby and big lots within Champaign, you know, 15 mile distance to uh, get that shirt that didn't match the right color. But
0: <laughs> I feel like every every printer has a Hobby Lobby story. Dude, one
2: time we had to, we took, we needed it so bad. We went to Home Depot, bought pigment and because we (laughs) needed red ink. ink? (laughs) Yeah, dude. We mixed the red like paint in with our ink and printed with it and they never complained. It must've worked.
0: I've, I've, I have I've, mean, we've done, I mean, everyone's done some things where you're like, I don't know if that's going to work, but uh, you got to do what you got to do. So do uh, Justin, do. we, uh, we enjoy having you on because it's always a good time. Um, Thank you. But we, uh, we've learned a lot from you. And I think uh, Bruce and I kind of wanted to dig in on, on maybe, maybe some battle scars at, at Oklahoma shirt company or Justin Lawrence's life, whichever one comes first or second.
1: Oh, you froze for a second. I just wanted to kick it off with a little bit of news. Curious to get your guys' feedback on. So um, one thing that popped up in my feed here is Cornete. I don't know. Have you guys heard what's going on with Cornete?
0: No. uh, I can't afford one. So
1: (laughs) I know
2: that. (laughs) Just don't pay attention. Like Amazon's got them. uh, I can't afford them. It's kind of like MHM presses. like, yeah, I should probably have one. But, you know, (laughs) we'll never have one of those.
1: Cornete has a class action lawsuit against them by their shareholders. Courtney is a public company. Um, now, that's one thing, right? But what's interesting, and I feel like this is cool because our industry doesn't have any drama. It's just like... You know, very small and group and kind of like chatty in between the groups. But I think what's interesting is they basically were uh, deceiving their shareholders about large lost customers. And here's a couple of them. Number one, DTG2Go was lost as a customer owned by Delta. Um, Fanatics um, outsourced a huge portion of their digital production and uh, it seems no longer a coordinate customer. And um, a lot less demand because e-commerce has slowed significantly, as everybody knows, from the 21, 22 highs and the crazy boom that it was in. Um, So anyway, I guess they didn't disclose all this to people who own stock in the company and just large shareholders. And now they're suing uh, because that's a big no-no. But interesting, right? Like, A, are those people going elsewhere and still doing digital? Or are they switching to you know something like transfers, or I don't know that that's pretty significant right d t g to go is, and fanatics i mean those are huge huge accounts
0: i don't know because I feel like like three or four years ago we saw stuff in the news that's like Amazon bought hundreds of cornets and we're all kind of freaking out right like do you guys remember that? I just don't understand those machines are what a half million dollars i i can't, I just walk away i don't even don't even give them the time of day, but like I think about a a transfer and I'm like, okay, DTF machines, 30 grand. I can get 10 of those for one eat. Is that what's happening? I don't know.
2: I I agree with you. I think that's what was so scary was, you know, pre-pandemic. Then like through the middle of it, DTG is ramping up and you see the Atlas machines and you hear the Amazon tales and everyone's going all, you even see the print shops that have like freaking gtx pros you know and just ripping it and like well i guess this is the end and then all of a sudden just like like quietly dtf shows up and i think silenced every like not everything but just quickly was like well okay uh pre-treatment sucks these distributors don't want to make these guard i thought like for sure everyone's going to figure out how to pre-treat these shirts so that I can just eliminating pretreatment, The DTG technology is great, but until you eliminate pre it's garbage. And then DTF was like, here's the solution. And that, that to me is the instant, you know, it's the David and Goliath story. Like it doesn't matter how practical of a automation or technology you have when you have something as simple as DTF that is scalable and is something that Amazon or anybody can make or, you know, you can find a supplier like Supercolor and then overnight you are a you're a very contentious decorator, you know?
1: Okay. Did we chat on Multicraft on their um on how how it went everything for It was awesome. There?
0: It was uh there were people flew in from all across the country. It was an awesome event. Uh they did a fantastic job. Super proud of uh Dave and the team there. Um but yeah it was super exciting and just saw a lot of old faces, new faces Um, It's crazy. I was talking to Bruce about this. How many people fly across the country for education? Um, Like there was a whole shop that flew in their team from Denver to to learn from the Made Lab guys. Um, It's pretty cool to see. So super exciting. Um, okay, Justin, I'm curious, real quick, on the DTF side, just because it's it's a hot topic. How much of your business has now changed to heat pressing? If you were to if you were to look back four or five years ago,
2: yeah, a lot. I mean, I I say a lot. It's definitely we just know we know how to answer or solve problems faster now like for all of our if it's below our screen printing minimums um you know we're we're ready to go with DTF we have stopped cutting vinyl altogether uh for you know like numbers and names customization that is DTF um it's truly to me DTF we have started so we are we send out probably Oh gosh, it's probably twenty five hundred to maybe five grand a week of the we outsource to a there's a local DTF shop here, and then there's the the supercolors and fusions that we work with. And we've been busy here. It's the first time we've really spent like dedicated personnel to RD. I have a guy who's a bit of a craftsman because that's the key. You can't just grab somebody that's what we've learned at least. You can't, and Stephen, you you're tinkering with. Your um, your DTF your transfer machine has certainly illuminated this, but you know we realized that we we're spending two to five grand a week outsourcing this stuff. Um, obviously, buying a machine is you know is a no brainer. So what we've done is we Did have you? our I remember last GTX. time you said you no, wanted well, to. Well, we have our GTX Pro, our brother that we have rigged. You know, kind of like we did with our first all black uh, uh, transfer printer, like for making film positives, you hack the firmware a little or you hack the driver a little bit, and then you buy the right consumables. And here we're making DTFs in-house in a rigged way, but better than our p- competitor, better than the person we're outsourcing to. So now it's just a we're we're letting chase invest his time and energy you know we took our basically our darkroom tech and said all right you're going to be our digital guy here's our large format printer here's our dtg machine and then here's our dtf machine you need to spend time making these things work so he's investing you know 15 hours 20 hours a week on just test printing and making and pressing and dialing in our recipes so that we because again, that's our that's long term for us is Chase has a full-time job being our DTF guy. And if he can make this machine work, then I can't it gives me even more confidence when it comes time to buy the real thing um, that the technology has hopefully stabilized. And now I can hand something to Chase that he can be a true craftsman. He can be there to source it and fix it when it breaks. But we've seen a good amount of our I, I don't know that we've like taken our screen printing business and flipped it into DTF business but it has given us a new tool that doesn't clog up our print shop you know we're we're keeping our print shop tuned to be doing what it needs to be doing and then our the miscellaneous decoration is kind of there as the utility utility player to you know make everything work and so it's if anything it's it's not that it's increased profits it's definitely increased Stabilization to our production and and like what I my my true vision for DTF is I really believe that it is the solution for print on demand. So as soon as we have it dialed, then our online stores, our merch stores, our fulfillment, um, our persistent stores like corporate stores for companies that buy their uniforms and stuff from us, that game completely changes. We no longer hold inventory, we just hold blank stock that we're ready to DTF or embroider kind of on demand.
1: What is your minimums now?
2: Our screen printing minimums are 24. Our embroidery minimums are one. Our DTF minimums are one. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as those go, that's our,
1: that's where we're what at. What is, what is the thoughts from both you guys and on the front of office work of that? Because that, that was the big thing with digital, right, is the, the time spent of the approvals and process there. And everyone was trying to simplify it with more templated art or, you know, designer studio type things.
0: What do you think? I, th- I think for kind of what Justin said is it it when it's when it's the customer under 100 pieces, you know, we're deciding how it's going to get decorated, And so it just... Like Justin said, it gives us the ability to have different things. So for instance, we would run online stores. You'd have three products up and two of them would crush and one would suck. And normally we would refund that product. Now we'll just DTF it as a convenience so we don't lose that, you know, whatever. So it just... like I don't think it necessarily changed our minimums or changed the way we do front of house. It just gives our sales team a little more confidence in selling closer to the line, if that makes sense, um, I don't know, Justin. What about you?
2: Yeah, we're. It's a growing pain for us. The first DTG machine that I bought, um, I thought I was being really clever, you know. And it was like, no minimums. Bring us any of your art, and we will essentially make you a twenty dollars shirt. You know, you can have whatever you want for twenty bucks if you want one. And then what what we realized was the reason that we got rid of DTG to begin with from the beginning was because we were completely suffocating our art department. You know, every person would come in and then we weren't charging them for graphic design, we weren't charging them for rebuilds. It was just a oh yeah, as long as our machine is printing then we're making money. No, it was suffocating our art department. So that's when we killed our DTG for the first time. And then we brought it back under a different you know, we thought we, we bought, I bought another one thinking that we were going to have production insurance. You know, if we mess up a six color job, we order the blank the next day, you know, we can print two shirts without having to do setups. Well, then we realized that they wouldn't, you can't put a screen printed in a digital shirt next to each other and pass it. Um, so then we got rid of DTG again. And now, like, now that film world is a thing, we've recognized that we've gotten tighter in art and we've gotten tighter with our customer care team so that we're going to make these shirts. And like to Steven's point, like you just have to get dialed in that if we take people's art, it's going right to that's the, that's one thing that is nice is it's, it's most of the time their art can go straight to DTF um, with a, with a little bit of tweaking. If we're building something from scratch, then we're kind of in the same position that we were in. Um, But my hope is, is, Do you guys remember the, um, like in Walmart, Walmart did it, maybe Target did it, um, but probably I would have been in middle school. So this would have been in like 1996, 1997, the late 90s, in the 1900s, there was this machine that you could go in. And you could, there was a digital screen and you could pick the front of the card. You could pick the back of the card. You could digitally, you could make a custom like birthday card or anniversary card or whatever. And you could personalize it and do all the things. That's what we want to do in our lobby is I, we have a, we took Inksoft and we hacked it a little bit and we dropped it into our website and we're calling it our design studio or design lab. And my hope is, is I want to have an iMac in our lobby where joe random can walk in and say hey man i want a t-shirt and we'd be like cool Um, on this side of the wall we have custom art we have custom uh manufacturing like whatever you dream up and this is the this is the pathway if you want one shirt this is how you get a hundred dollar shirt or if you want to go this pathway step right over here there's this imac with some blank goods next to it you can design your own shirt um, in our design lab inksoft And then we can hit print and hey, you can come back in two hours or you can come back tomorrow. And if you pick from these blanks and you can make the shirt inside of this, then we can give you a product that will be ready, you know, but you have to do some of the heavy lifting. So giving the person an off ramp to bypass art, to bypass production, to bypass our customer care, and to really just have this, like if they can come in and only work with our front desk person. And that front desk person sh- can take them to the computer, and they can self serve. Then, man, now we're back to getting a ten dollar, twelve dollar t shirt again. And this is the way. But if that doesn't work for you, cool. We can help you with your two hundred and fifty shirts. But it just has to, you know, has to look like this. That's what we're trying to do to stabilize our front of house. Is we want to have a menu essentially, like a restaurant. Like you, we've been talking a lot about being short order kitchen around here, and. Any restaurant you can walk into and say, Hey, can you make me a grilled cheese that's burnt on one side and then has a tomato slice and two pieces of bacon? Every fucking restaurant can make that for you. But they've learned like, well, that's cool. We're not doing that. We're going to... You can have these six sandwiches and these fries and this. And if you want custom, then cool. Go to the grocery store and go home and make your own. But really trying to say like, how do we have a menu of this is what we do really good. You can have this. And then, if you want the DIY, here's the solution. And I feel like between all of that, we
1: can I ask you? Uh, I hope this isn't like an offensive question, but do you do you want those customers?
2: I think that that's what you have to ask yourself as a business. For us, our vision from like the beginning has been: I want to be Oklahoma's shirt company. Like that's mm-hmm. it. We want to ch- We want to serve the you know the local basketball teams for the public schools and we want to serve the Thunder and we want to serve the soccer we want every church school business nonprofit in Oklahoma. That's our okay. that's our mission. So the only way to I dude, I was talking to Dominic at Superior Inc. the other day and he told me that their minimums are 144 pieces for screen printing. Wow. That would be badass. But that the thing that we have special for us in Oklahoma is that there's not a lot of people like us. And we're in this really kind of Goldilocks zone market where businesses are starting and people are thriving. The cost of living is low enough. Like there's still, what we're doing makes sense. If I was trying to do, like if I was trying to do the same model in Fort Worth with printed threads or in Dallas or in Champaign or in Illinois, like Chicago, like God, you guys, I don't know how you do it. We're barely doing okay here in Oklahoma city and we don't have much competition. There's some, and there's people in Oklahoma city that have really, like it's been pretty quiet for the past six years. And then there's a couple of shops that have begun like starting to pop up and are really going after work. And it's funny. Like I was having conversations with my team two days ago. Um, it has not been the strongest start of the year for us. And some of that is all of the things that are happening in our world right now, but some of that also is like we looked up and like, damn, we used to charge eight, $10, $12 for a t-shirt coming out of my garage or out of a small industrial shop in Edmond. And now here we are home with a $16 t-shirt. You know, if you get, if you ask the right questions, we're going to quote you something that is really expensive. And prices going up, I just realized like there is a fragility that comes with being with growing. And as you get big, it's not like it's just all blue skies and green pastures. It's oh crap. Not only do we have to get we have to deliver on all the things we said we're going to deliver on we all now we also now have to be dialed and we have to be profit margin you know
1: focused all right real quick i got to tell you something this is really interesting and here's why we formed a company called InkTavo. you may have heard of it but it has three different brands right now printavo inksoft and graphics so we're all sister companies now a big happy family what we're able to do is Printaflo managing your shop management and workflow organization. Inksoft can run your website and handle online stores at scale. So running multiple different stores for fundraisers, schools, um, company stores, and everything in between. And GraphicsFlow is a brand new product to be able to help reduce all the back and forth with art. So it has a huge art library that you can put on your website so customers can see and pluck what they want. Plus... You can also be able to collect different ideas and send them to customers to approve as well. Really, really cool. Plus, in app editing. It's like Canva, but specifically for shops. All right, check it out. All those brands are on InkTavo.com. That's InkTavo.com. All right, thanks. Was the start of the year abnormally slow? Like you just said it was slow, or, like, or was it uh, just the, the norm? I don't
2: know if I can answer that question, like with a, like with what accuracy, it feel like? because it's it's emotional. Yeah, it's uh-huh. like it feels like we're down. It's, but I also have I have a side project that is also you know that takes away from cash flow and all of the things. But I, I, I but looking strictly from an objective standpoint, you know we're we're almost two hundred grand behind right now where we were this point last year, same sales, same months, like January, February, March. Um, and I haven't seen March's numbers yet. I get March's numbers in, uh, three days, but so it'll probably be Monday, but you, uh, when you directly compare year over year financials and sales, we are, we are way behind, um, where we were this time last year. I don't know
1: why. Do, do you think, you, do you think you can compare though, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like sales cycles are so abnormal from the you know shutdown and from everything COVID related that is creating these these weird like swings. And I see that in our open like order data that it's it it's not a hundred percent back to call it twenty nineteen. But then again, maybe you've grown so much since twenty nineteen. It's hard to even use twenty nineteen as a, as a base metric.
2: You're not wrong. I look at your. Um... I look at your Printavo open source data. We were looking at it yesterday as a team because it's the only, it's some of the only stabilizing data that I have. I mean, between that and the information that the printing United Alliance puts out, you know, like the wages and salaries and stuff for our industry and, you know, the stuff a true trade organization should be putting out, they're putting out. But yeah, that's the, that's the curse of this business. I look up and I'm just like, God, I look at the calendar right now. All of our work is 2 weeks out. But I don't have work in 30 days. I don't have work in 60 days. I don't have work in 90 days. We just hope that based on the sales cycles from the previous years that these people show up. And they do. Gosh, they do until they don't. You know, And when they don't, what do you do? A, like We can't pivot. I feel like that's where it's scary to be a restaurant. You know, and that's where I have a fire under my ass right now that I haven't in a long time to uh, develop business, to market, to go find new business, to remind people like we're here. It's, but it's, it's scary when you take a step back and you look for me and I look and at something that how do I feed my family? And it's by selling a t-shirt that has ink on it. It's scary to think about like, this is, we just have to keep doing this. And so I'm, I'm trying, I'm in a real new spot seasonally with my business where I don't have the confidence right now that I used to, but I'm not, I'm trying to let that not cloud my judgment. I'm also trying to really believe in who we are and what we've done. And we've been here before and we survived the pandemic and we have great people and we, we make a good product. And I'm just like going through these things of man, we we're okay, but are we, you know, it's just a.
1: I've um I've had some uh couple chats with different manufacturers and shop owners, and it seems like there is a sentiment of worry. Um, and maybe that's just from you know the news is like uh, always like pre recession talks, and it's like, uh, you know, a, a little bit of fear mongering, but um, you know, it's constantly brought up a lot, but you know. Th- Interest rates make equipment probably a third or so more expensive. And then they're saying that their you know, pipelines have slowed down a bit, which is what you talk about to your quoting pi- pipeline, which everybody though is, is more of a mental thing because it's not like everybody's looking at the same dashboard though too. So real quick, I want to jump into this chapter stuff, but you did mention something really cool on restaurants. And we've talked a lot about this with the similarities between restaurants and shops. W- what are your other things that you've you're trying to replicate from a restaurant in your shop
2: it's man everything it's the closest analogy when you because you can't compare yourself to another print shop because there's just not enough of them and they all run only as good as the owner that traditionally started in their garage wants it to run you know so you have all these like homegrown uh operations and so yeah, when we when I talk about hiring, like the best people to hire are people from the restaurant industry, because they're used to running around with their hair on fire, making something, you know, someone walks in the door and says, I want this, go make it like it's, that's all, we, that's all we do. And it's, it's service based. And there's a hospitality element. And there's a stress and, there, and it's seasonal. Um, and there's a high turnover rate. And... There's not like an enormous amount of profit. It's kind of like it's a very, uh, you know, Jack and Jill kind of um, comparison, and and uh, on a lot of levels, you know, like I said, from a customer service, from a marketing, from a um, operations, from SOPs to practices. Working in a restaurant is not hard. Working in a screen screen printing shop is not hard, but there are a billion variables. And there's a billion little things that you have to pay attention to. And if one of those little things is not handled properly, it can ruin the entire experience for the customer. You know, I, I, we were talking about a few days ago, the idea of man, somebody walks in, I have the best customer care team. We get them excited. We promise them the world. And then our art department comes through and crushes it. And then it goes to purchasing and then they get here and we put it in this really awesome box And then our screen printing team decorates it and prints just with the craftsmanship of all time. You have this really awesome something. And then all it takes is one person, you know, your QC person at the end of the dryer, or sometimes when we need temporary help, you know, that's often the first place that we will bring in temporary help is put someone at the end of the dryer, catching shirts, folding them and putting them in a box. But that person at the end of the line, if they don't do the same thing that everybody else did, then they can ruin the whole experience. And it doesn't matter how well someone does it. If you... So that's where it's just fragile. And cus- the customer service and the, um, the um, opinions and reviews and repeat customers and all that garbage. Nobody... People often forget that everything that we do is custom manufacturing. Like we're taking something that has never existed before that lives inside of this consumer's mind. And it's often something that is probably pretty emotional for them. Like it's their church or it's their small business or it's their kid's softball team, or it's this nonprofit that they're on a board on for that they promised everything, or it's a whatever. Generally, t-shirts are, are representing something that's really, really special to the person that's getting them. And Man, when you fuck it up, you hurt their feelings. <laughs> yeah, And that's, that's tough.
0: Like Personal. it's just
2: tough. And it's often, I'm like, also I want $1,800 for the that too. So we've charged them a premium. It's something they love. They've like, I, I don't know. It's fragile.
0: Okay. This is interesting. I think this will transition us. So I was just Google searching, um, some about restaurants because i think i think what's really interesting about a restaurant is like the chef or whoever the owner is has to constantly be reinventing themselves right you hear about these restaurant groups that like they go into a city they have this whole concept they do it for four or five years and then they go do another one or they do another one it says here um uh 90 of restaurants that are op- are still operating past the five-year mark will stay in business for a minimum of 10 years um which is really interesting I kind of, we've, we've known you Justin for a while. And if you're the, the, the head chef or whatever at, at Oklahoma shirt company, you've kind of made it past, you know, you're kind of in this like next, next gen of your company. I'm curious. Cause I think it's really interesting cause now I'm just starting to hear the, like that hunger of like the chef, like we have to keep reinventing. We have to keep figuring out our new concepts and, you know, that's why Bruce probably asked you, like, are you crazy to let people in your door to design one shirt? But I, I see how you're thinking. If you could go back to like day one, Oklahoma shirt company, what is chapter one for you? And what were like the pivotal? Yeah. Like if a shop's listening to this and they haven't done a half million dollars in business yet, maybe you're still in school. Can you, can you walk it back now to like your one, Year one just in the kitchen?
2: I will say this. Every, every print shop that I every print shop owner that I've gotten to know and have gotten close with, and we've started talking about each other's warts and you know, what's working and what's not everybody has, there is something unique. That's not the same thing, but it's something unique to each print shop that kind of keeps them going, you know, for us. So like, I didn't set out with a uh, my chuck wagon and go find land and build something and like the American dream. No, like I was working for a church. I was going to, I was trying to get into medical school and I realized that like, I have too much going on, so I can't work my full-time job. So I just need to side hustle. And so I start printing crap in my garage. and. Screen printing for me, like the vision, Oklahoma Sure Company from the beginning, I told my three closest people that worked with me, uh, one of which is still here, the other two are not. Um, I said, man, maybe there's one day when I get into school or when I'm done with this, like you guys buy this place and this is what y'all want to do. But it was never my dream or my vision to be an operator for a long time of this place. It was just I, I saw opportunity and then we caught fire with something. Our special thing was our subscription service. Other people's special things, you know, Stephen, like in your, you know, you, you found this sleepy shop that was a cultural hub in a town that you were going to college in. And as you got to know these guys, you're like, man, I can really pull y'all out of the dark ages and we can make this even more special. And then I saw your like thing yesterday of the schools. And so I think that you have to identify what's special about you.
1: That must have been a pretty big tilting point the the monthly. Was that chapter 1 you think or was that like chapter 2?
2: Well, that's what made me realize like, oh, we have to this is no longer a side hustle. Like this is a primary hustle and we have we need to pour gas into this and I need to hire someone, we need to start building some infrastructure around this because it's only growing and it's not growing like a stand stands growing. It's growing from oh, we have 100 subscriptions and I have zero overhead and then the next month we have 200 subscriptions. And then the next month we have three hundred and then a the thousand and then ten thousand and it's like, oh my God. Okay, we have to take really good care of this thing now because there's opportunity. Um
1: do you think like you you trying that to 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 get there and do the monthly thing and blow that up was um because of your curiosity and and it like if so like do you feel like you still are as curious as you was before because i feel like over time too it's like you, you get more narrow and you, you sort of less willing to try stuff probably less so you fair guy you know you'll like dive in and you know writing checks and doing things left and right but uh what do you think justin
2: man i'm I'm not really good about doing one thing for a long time. I I get really excited about fresh and new. I like to build, hence the construction. Like I like construction personally. If I wasn't in this world, and I would probably go and if I wasn't in like a professional world, I would probably be like a general contractor or I would be an electrician or I would be a, like I would build a company around those things because I like building things. As I as this place has grown, uh, I have built a machine that doesn't need me. Like it needs me, but my hope is is to like is to have something that doesn't. Like I don't want to your disa- copy. Yeah, I don't want to disappear. I want to. I want to be alongside. You know my my house and my. Shirt company and the dis and the grow the cultivation they they all are like the shirt company and Oklahoma shirt company and Chill touch, and my house and is a mile for, away.
1: Chill for folks that uh, haven't been there. That's his um, retailer and grower of marijuana, which is next door to Oklahoma Shirt Company. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah,
2: full no fully vertically integrated, fully vertically integrated processor cultivation Vertigrate. dispensary vertigree. <laughs> Uh, Wait,
1: so sorry, I, I took you way off on on the side. So, all right, chapter one, you get you're getting started. You know, let's say maybe it's the start of the monthly subscription. Where do you think you entered into chapter two? Or yeah, yeah, where do you think you entered into chapter two? W-
0: was it a subscription number? Was it a need? You know what's funny is we
2: always, you know, I took every bit of that money and invested it, parlayed it right back into Oklahoma Share Company. I got to build. I used to say this, I said this five years ago, like, I got to build a print shop that is the size of like a 15 year old print shop. You know, it's not something I got to get, I got to get something really, I got a lot of horsepower really early on. And I built a business that could support the production needs of a large subscription business that was not a very busy custom printing shop. And you know, as the subscriptions grew, you know, our custom business was growing. And as our subscriptions started petering off, our custom business continued to grow. And so the sustainable solution is, you know, replacing the subscription revenue with custom printing revenue, because the subscription revenue is temporary. But the custom printing revenue is forever, as long as there's a church school business nonprofit or person that has marketing needs then t-shirts and promotional products and embroidery is something that you know will go alongside with it.
0: Justin, you said the word like horsepower. Is that because the subscription was doing so well you just had cash cuz you're collecting money up front? Like that's the you know that's the advantage of selling online. Absolutely.
2: Had I had I done it so chapter 2 would be called shirt of the month for sure. And I would break that down because had I give you know hindsight, uh, I could have hired one or two admins and outsourced production and then just been another box startup company that was really doing really, really well. But at the end of that, I don't know that I would have had... I just would have been a broker at the end of the day. And I think what makes Oklahoma... The two things that make us the most special, I think, is our art department and our production horsepower. And that is, I could simulate an art department, but I don't think that we would be able to say yes, or do, or be the company of influence in our city that we are without our production capacity. Because at the end of the day, that's like, what are you? We are nothing without our production capacity. I mean, right now, you know, if, if I got a wild hair and so, if, if I moved, you know, if, if someone came in and bought this place, that would be one thing. If I had to shut it down, um, I would probably try to figure out how to morph into something that's a little more like an agency, you know, that has some creative that can consult, that can help with digital assets. But the production, production's just, I, if anybody asks me about screen printing right now, you know, I tell them to run away from production as far as you can go find. There are plenty of talented decorators and hungry decorators. Uh, Don't build a business around scaling large production because it's just over time. It's fun to grow, but over time, it just becomes this attritious big liability and machine. And I, which is awesome, but it's just something that it takes a lot of capital input and it takes a lot of handling and you can't have some, you can't have a large print shop without having a large amount of people. And that's just it. And having a large amount of people is, is, is hard. It's worthy and it's good, but it's hard.
1: You know, that's the, uh, Rich Santos, uh, he, when he was on Shirt show, I don't know if you listened to that episode of culture studio. Um, he was like, my realization was: I'm not printing shirts; I'm managing people to print shirts, and I'm like, "That's the skill that I have to get good at." I was like, "Wow, okay, you're right. <laughs> that goes for any type of business."
2: I was gonna say, like, I am my business is in a place where, if any problem pops up, I can't fix it by myself, and that's a that was a, that's a scary realization. When we get if we get into financial trouble, I do not possess the personal wealth to rescue this place anymore if if we get into a situation where we got to print a bunch of shirts overnight i can't just get in there and wrap my hands and my head around it and grind it out there's no grinding it out anymore it is calculated strategic movements and it anything else is just reckless you know
0: i joke about with our team that like right now we're kind of like jet skis around the titanic you know and we're just like you know, zipping around doing things at night. And like every single day we, we come together. We're like, okay, we have to, we're, we're not going to be able to do that long-term. This is cool today. Um, I'm curious. All right. So chapter two was shirt of the month. I'm hearing custom is starting to grow. Talk to us through your, your, the middle of the pack. What's chapter three for you?
2: Yeah. Chapter three is probably right now it's called Prince Abo. Like right now, and what I mean by printavo is, it's the only noun that I can access that means, like processes, operational focus, like workflows, stability, like consistency, and then repetition of that. You got to build something. reps, 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 reps. Find out what breaks, fix it. Rep, 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 rep. Breaks, fix it. Rep, rep, rep. And you know, so like it is. It was the fun of like send me screenshots of all of your status actions and what, how can we automate and who needs to be responding to what and what does our, we called it the board game. So maybe that's what it is. Like, you know, what is the board, the screen printing board game? And what are all these rules and flow charts and this triggers this or the mouse trap. So we got to build the mousetrap. And while we're building this mousetrap, we're going to add another press or two or three or four we're going to try embroidery. Embroidery is going to fail. We're going to try embroidery again. Embroidery is going to fail. We're going to try embroidery again.
0: And this time it's going to work. Um, and it's, <laughs> why are you
1: laughing? Steve?
0: <laughs> Cause I, that's just funny that you got. I mean, I think it's, it's most shops wouldn't do that. I mean, you've, you've, you've literally, and you've said that about DTG, which I think is really interesting. So there's,
2: there's no, there's no choice. Like when we are as, when we're who we are, like we have to be able to do embroidery. We we were outsourcing embroidery, but and maybe this undermines what I said about production earlier. But when we have to outsource embroidery, then we become dependent upon someone that tells us, yeah, it's gonna take two weeks. The fuck it does. I need this tomorrow because this person that spends X amount of money with me a year tells me that they have to have this tomorrow, then I have to get it to them tomorrow. If I don't then they're just going to go it's a fragile relationship like as long as I'm fighting for this person, then they know that I've got their back and they'll continue to do business with it with us. but if I can't fight for them, then they'll go find somebody else who will fight for them so embroidery we had to do it because we had to solve these needs and then once we build up right now our focus, if I could have any business um well, certainly we would take screen printing business right now, but it's embroidery. You know, we, that's our biggest area embroidery and promotional products are the place where we need to grow the most. Our capacity in screen printing is fixed. We're going to keep doing what we're doing for screen printing, but we need to invest. I need to invest time and energy and effort into developing our embroidery and digital printing business and promotional products. And that's just the same with DTG. Like, yeah, this makes sense. Oh, this sucks. Oh, this makes sense. Oh, it sucks. Really what it is, is none, any of those times with embroidery and with DTG, Justin never invested the time that was needed to become good at this. Like we are all these machines, every one of them are awesome. You just have to become a craftsman and we've gotten fat and lazy and accustomed to like, Oh, I'll just buy this out of the box solution that's badass that works all the time. And all I got to do is buy this embroidery machine and now we can do puff embroidery tight. We're really good at this. No, like the energy it takes to like make puff, you have to you have to become a craftsman. And that is true with everything. That's true with screen printing. That's true with embroidery. That's true with your finances and accounting and bookkeeping. That's true with like cleaning the bathrooms. Like you either do it well professionally, or you shouldn't be doing it. And if you're that would be what I tell myself early on like don't try new shit until you're ready to go all in or like with Chase and our digital printing find a, if you can't be the person to invest in that new process and to own it then you have to hire somebody or find somebody to own it otherwise you're just going to have equipment sitting in the corner that you're making payments on that's collecting dust and it's and you just are mad about it. That's it.
0: I I think when we look back in it, we're like, okay, we would have done this the right way or hired correctly. But I think something that like I see when you talk about that chapter... So there's a quote that I really like. And it says, it's by Reed Hoffman. It says, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you've launched too late. And I feel like when you just talked about reps or Printavo or Mousetrap, that speed and iteration to fail, like you weren't afraid to be like, all right, bring it in, bring embroidery in, dump it, bring it back in, dump it. And I think a lot of shops listening to this might wait a long time before sometimes pulling the trigger. And I think there's something to be said about like in those early chapters of your business, you're at the poker table and you've got to gamble a little bit if you want to get to the next spot, knowing very well that you could fall flat on your face. Right. Do you regret the way that you did it or do you think that that has to do with some of the luck that and fire that you guys had?
2: Uh, the only regret that I have is hindsight is 2020. Um, if I could do it all again, I definitely would build Oklahoma Shirt Company the way in which it was for sure. Like no regrets about that. I probably wouldn't have done chill. Like I wouldn't have started another business. I thought that like, man, everything I touch is working. I'm really good at being an entrepreneur. And like, I, my spiritual gift is like this. Um, probably that's true, but also the only, the only thing that makes a product work or a business work is if it's special. And that, that's a lesson that I've had to learn really hard over the past two years. And I keep telling myself this, like, Think about like emotionally because I also I hype myself up and I get really excited and um, there's there's goodness that comes with that and there's momentum and inertia. But there also is I think I I convince myself of an idea or I lie to myself or I like portray it and like, yeah, this is how this will be. And this is how it is. I have a vision. I speak it and then it's true. And that's not true with chill. You know, I I saw it. I saw the opportunity. I saw the retail experience. I saw all of it. And I had capital. And I thought, man, I'm going to do this thing right. I'm going to like invest in the right places and do these things. And I built this really cool vessel. And it was like having a car at a car show. Like, If people came to it, then it was great and they would look at it and they would appreciate it and they might even spend some money. But then at the end of the day, like, it was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like I'm going to go back to doing what I'm doing. And you've got this really special thing here or you've got this really cool thing. And so what makes it special is when people adopt it and when people decide like, yeah, I love this, not because of Justin or not because of like, I just, this thing is enhancing my life, like shirt of the month. Or like our custom screen printing things or, you know, the things we're doing here. But at Chill, what I realized was I built this gas station, the dispensary at least. Like I built this gas station that people come to to get one thing and then they leave. And if it's nice, think about how many awesome restaurants you've been to that you haven't gone back to. And that's what I did with Chill, essentially. And so now I'm trying to... What I'm having to do now, which is the hardest work, is make it special going back to chapter one or chapter two shirt of the month, like what made it special was that it was unique. Uh, it was, there was a need for it and it had a great price point and it activated and, you know, chill is unique and the price point is average and the product is good, but it's not like, it's not changing anybody's life. So now we're trying to build a special. So I would say not doing chill um and just continuing to focus on Oklahoma Shirt Company would be something that I would have done. Like just not be bored, be content. Like and I was also, I've been, you know, I've spent since I was, you know, a child, mean, all are, trying to find identity and what it was I was doing. I found identity um in high school with music. And then I found identity in college with like my business that I started doing being a DJ or a videographer, a photographer, like event production. And then I found my identity when I started working in the church. And then I found my identity in going to medical school. And then when that didn't, when I didn't, when I stopped doing that, I found my new identity in Oklahoma Shure company. And I, I should have just focused on one thing. And I, I keep looking to all of these different places to find my identity. And now I realize, man, I've got a really awesome Fantastic wife, and my children are healthy, and my family's great, and these are the like those are the things that I'm finding identity in today. Versus these businesses that kind of could come or go. Someone asked me, like, would you sell Oklahoma Shirt Company? You bet your ass I would, but I also would have an identity crisis, and that's an unhealthy relationship, in my opinion. That I, what would I do? Well, I'd figure something out, but. I have far too much emotional attachment and personal identification in these businesses. So I would have, I would have built this place, um, in a much healthier, sustainable way. I wouldn't have scaled as fast. I probably would have stopped at two or three automatics. Um, I would have invested in people even like my team even more. Um, and I would have probably like, fought for more stability and like sustainability. Cause that's what I want now. Like, cool. We made it 10 years. Sweet. Can we make it another 10 years or what do the next five years look like? What is this? Do I want to be 70 and doing this? Maybe. Um, so yeah, I, oh, I, I man, think Lord. that,
1: Ooh, you're going to be shit. What, what, <laughs> hey, what size of company was chapter three too? Cause that's interesting as to where process comes in. Uh, like, is it a person thing? Was it a revenue thing? Yeah, it's probably fifteen people working here. We've moved downtown,
2: and we're probably generating two million, two and a half million
1: bucks a year. Wow, All and fifteen people. Yeah, dude, that subscription business uh, was. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you,
2: Liddy. Yeah, let's be real. That those people weren't generating revenue. Like, those people were handling the generation of... There was just a, we've got this machine that's running. We got to keep it going. I
1: mean, we spent... It was like a person thing that broke down, that that's why you needed the process coming in.
2: Yeah, and custom... Now it's time to build a custom screen printing shop. You know, it's... We tool and configure around this once a month. We have to print five six seven eight nine ten fifteen thousand 10, 15,000 of something. Cool. We know what that process looks like. But then... What's it look like to now, cool, we got to push 50 jobs through this week, or we got to push five jobs through today, or we got to put like, how do we keep track of all of these things? And as we're gaining in popularity, the person in Oklahoma City who was the screen printing, like, you know, the, the institution for the past 30 years is also winding down their business. So we're there to receive their business. We're building our business that we're expecting to, we're now like, this is how we're supposed to be behaving. This is how we're supposed to be performing. But everybody at our business are all freshmen, sophomores, juniors in in the business world. We don't have very much like there's not a lot of deep institutional knowledge. Most of it lies with me. Like, hey Justin, how do we solve this? Hey, Justin, what should we do here? Hey Justin, do we want to do this? Hey Justin, how much does this cost? Hey Justin, does this look right? Hey Justin, hey Justin, hey Justin, hey Justin. Justin." And now, you know, I think about like, we have people that have been here for years, our payroll is really expensive, but the, it's stable and it's quiet because it's bigger than me, you know, and it's bigger. There, there are people who are owning processes and, and have because we figured out how to stabilize the air traffic control, Printavo, you know, that was Printavo or whatever you would call that the mouse trap would certainly be, you know, chapter three for sure.
0: We're, uh, we're going to need to, we're going to need to do a second part to this. Can yeah, I name cha- chapter, can chapter four and five? Can chapter four be called wild boy? When does that, where, where is that? What chapter is that?
2: <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the, like, that's after the credits, bro. That's like, just to give a little taste.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm putting you down here, Justin, um, for chapter. So, so let's, yeah, let's, If you can think about this, let's do chapter four and five on the next one. I will say that I really appreciate you having you on, Stephen having you on as always. Uh, These are always fun conversations. I don't know why this one's different, but whenever we get this group of three together, I, I feel like it could go on for a couple hours and it's just, it's nice.
0: I uh, I appreciate how real your you know your warts are and how you're you're willing to share them um, because I think there's a lot of people listening to this that you know everything you said there but I think the one thing that if, if there's one big takeaway that I heard it was this like never ending pursuit to continually keep reinventing that there isn't one solution and like the day you you think you have it. Uh, is when it's going to start to slip, you know, um, and so I think that's that's pretty cool to hear um, and to see firsthand, especially at, at a business of your scale. So this is fun. We
2: all it, today is April twelfth. Um, it is eleven o'clock tonight. Our Thunder Boys play, and the play ends. Uh, if we win tonight, then we play right now. We're in, we are in tenth place. If we win tonight, then we play again on Friday. And if we win on Friday, then we go to the playoffs. We ordered uh, we ordered all the playoff shirts yesterday. They'll begin arriving here on Friday. Uh, and basically, if everything hits, then come Monday, we're beginning to clear our production schedule. But Monday, we'll have to print. It'll be 40,000 impressions on Monday and half the day Tuesday. So 20,000 fronts and then 20,000 sleeves. And then as soon as we finish that, we deliver to the freight dock. And on Thursday, we do another 20,000 for the games three and four and I don't know if we'll go past round one, but if we do, then it just keeps going and going and going and going. So that's it's exciting around these parts. So whenever people, whenever y'all listen to this, you'll know what is right now, I I don't know if we're gonna make it or not, but you know, it's fun to have hope and we're getting ready for it. Go thunder.
1: Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that too in the next Yeah, month. that'll be cool. All yeah. right. Justin Lawrence Stephen Farag, I'm Bruce from Ink Tavo. Thank you guys, listening to you. We'll see you, <laughs> Bruce Ackerman. I'm you here. You gotta,
0: you Thank you guys so much your for listening. Name. Uh,
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening on this episode, Pronouncers Podcast. We appreciate you too, and we'll see you in the next one. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully that was informative. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to hit the bell for notifications if you enjoyed this video. If you enjoy all the stuff we're putting out, it's really helpful. We love to just be able to see it. That means that we're doing a good job to subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications and hit the like button. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.